Hello friends, welcome to the After Hours Lounge, welcome back. If you are a regular listener, uh, here we are, another episode. Uh, I always feel like these come round so quickly. Uh, joining me this week is uh, another another person that I've kind of just been following on Instagram for a little while and I suppose we're in that little uh, community on Instagram uh, together of kind of you know, podcasters and extreme sports and, and that kind of thing I suppose. Um, but then uh, Ollie... Ollie, well, my guest is uh, Ollie Russell Cowan, founder of Rad Season, um, and Ollie reached out to me a few weeks ago and kind of said, "Look, you know, if you if you you know want to have a chat, um, you know, or do a podcast, or anything like that, I'd be keen." So I thought, well, why not? Um, and I'm really glad I did. I had a great conversation with Ollie um, as I record this. We actually had the conversation uh, last week, um, but it was it was so awesome. Uh, Ollie has a vast amount of experience. Um, working in the extreme sports industry, lived in Australia, working within, you know, surfing, um, done a lot of work with kind of magazines. Um, and yeah, now he's set up his own shop. Um, and it was just, just really interesting to talk about kind of mental health uh, within the extreme sports space. You know, it, it's so different to, a, I suppose, traditional sports in that it's as, as much a lifestyle uh, as it is a sport, you know, things like surfing, uh, you know, windsurfing, snowboarding, that kind of thing. It's a lifestyle. So kind of defining uh, being happy where and it, it, it's kind of so easy within extreme sports to go, well, you're living the dream. You're on the beach every day or you're up the mountain. And why why do you suffer? And it was great to talk to, to Ollie about that. Um, as well as that, it was just great to, to discuss uh, his own personal um, experiences, specifically with starting up a business, um, but also just as a human being you know getting getting older and and finding what you like and what you kind of feel like you stop liking and and finding an identity and and realizing that it's okay for your identity to change throughout your life as you get older you know as as you start to discover new things that you enjoy doing your identity does change and if i'm honest that's something i'm going through at the moment as i'm finding myself you know windsurfing less and less and windsurfing was just the the cornerstone and the hallmark of my 20s it was all i did um and now I turned 30 last August um, and I haven't really windsurfed since I turned 30. I, I tore my MCL on my knee um, at the start of September and I actually windsurfed the other day for the first time since then. Um, so I'm feeling, yeah, it, it's it's a real um, thing. I think a lot of people go through it, especially men, is, is finding that you finding your identity changing and sort of sitting there going, I'm not sure I like my identity changing. But ultimately, I think we need to realize that it's it's OK. Um, but yeah, we talked a lot about that as well. Um, just a, one of those conversations is just great. I feel like we covered every base. There's too too many things for me to talk about on this intro. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Um, if you do, please share it on your Instagram. Please make sure you leave a rating, review, all that stuff that I always ask you to do. Uh, please continue doing that. Thank you so much for the support. Uh, I love getting the messages from all of you saying that you're listening still. Um, everything like that. Yeah, it, it's it's been it's been great. Um, so yeah, on with the episode, guys. Hope you enjoy my conversation with Ollie Russell Cowan. Yeah, as we were just saying before I record, yeah, I, I need to I need to put the videos of these podcasts up because I know for me, I love watching podcasts. Uh, do you do you like watching yeah. podcasts? Do you watch or do you listen if you could? If you had the I bef- choice. I prefer to watch them, I guess. It's sort of 
yeah, you can kind of you sort of read the body language and you kind of see like, you know, I don't know, it's just a bit more a, a bit more entertaining, I reckon. I mean, I, like if, if I'm in the car, obviously, I'm not going to be like no. looking at my phone and yeah, <laughs> I'm watching yeah. them. But um, yeah, I reckon it's sort of like if I'm kind of doing exercise like this, like it's cool to have them as audio or if I'm at home. Um, yeah, I'd like to I'd prefer to watch them. But the problem, the problem, the problem is with mine is the priority of mine have been done remotely, like like what we're doing right now. We're on Zoom, yeah. And I find when they're in person, like for example, like you know, watching Joe Rogan or or something like that, you know, you you watch that and they're sitting across the table and they're drinking whiskey and you know they're having fun and stuff like that. And I'm like, I I kind of like watching that, but watching um watching remote ones sometimes maybe I do find it a bit weird. But saying saying that actually. Uh, there's a guy called Ben Prophet who uh, has a thing called Windsurfing TV and he he does the Windsurfing podcast. And most of them are remote and I always used to watch them. So yeah, maybe you maybe you've you've given me the kick up the kick up the arse that I need, Ollie, to to put um <laughs> to put these put these episodes out. But anyway, well we said we'll talk we'll get into podcasting and all that stuff. But um we've been we've been kind of following each other on Instagram for for a little while and, and stuff like yeah, that. Man. And you you've you've got your uh, your own business called rad season and you've got the rad season podcast as well and, and stuff like that. And you've, you've had some, you've had some pretty big names on it. Um, where uh, without, without getting you to kind of tell your, your entire life story um, where, where did, where did rad season come from? Obviously you're very into, you know, your extreme sports and, and everything like mm. that, but um, where, where did, where did all that start where you kind of, and I'm always fascinated as well by people who start their own own kind of business as well and things like that. Yeah, and, and I, I sort of, I guess I started off within action sports um, over in London. So I was working for a company called Factory Media at the time, right? which produced um, action sports magazines. So we're going quite far back. So it's stuff like um, Surf Europe, Surfers Path, um, skateboarding magazines like Sidewalk, Kingpin. Um, they had boards, windsurfing magazine, yep. uh, um, one, one point, I think as well. RIP. And yeah, and it was sort of, um, yeah, exactly. So, and I kind of, I was on the sales side selling, selling ads. I started off selling DVDs. That's how, that's how long ago it was. So I was sort of, I was an intern and they'd be like, like, we'll give you, we'll give you one pound for every DVD you sold. Um, and I'd just be like cold calling shops, like bike shops, surf shops, and it was just before Christmas. We had like a few big like mountain bike DVDs. I remember just like calling out one shop and he was like, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll take 50. And I was like, oh, sweet. Call up another one, 50. I was like, this is, this is pretty good. It was like, you know, easy. like an intern. I was like, yeah, sweet, easy money. Christmas, happy days. Um, and yeah, it sort of went from there. And then I remember like the year after that, DVDs just died. And this is sort of, it's like early, two, like 2004, 2005, I think um and yeah then after that um started selling classified ads and did that for a few years sort of worked, worked as an ad manager for a few of the like the board board titles for uh, for skateboarding so for sidewalk in the uk and wanted to basically just spent the whole time like talking about the sports and not doing it so it was like talking about surfing not not surfing not and like commuting to like every weekend trying to get from London down to Newquay or Croyd and sort of stay with mates and go surfing down there. And I was yeah. like, fuck man, this is, this is a mission. So like four hours, like if you're lucky to get down there on a Friday night and yeah. So then we just 
the plan was to kind of move over to Australia. So my girlfriend at the time, um, like now, now and our wife, like we were, we were looking at like, okay, we want to want to sort of get out of London. What we're going to do? And I thought like I kind of needed to stock up on some cash before we applied for visas and moved. So I got out of action sports and went into um, into IT and like the kind of corporate world. Um, didn't really like it. No, no. <laughs> so, yeah, you can imagine. Um, and yeah, I was like, uh, you know, we kind of like we got to save up if we're going to move. So we did that, and then took two years to get visas. Moved to Sydney. Um, was doing stuff over there, working in events and sales and sponsorship didn't really um like that and thought okay like it's time to start something so yeah the idea of rad season kind of came up was on my honeymoon and we were um we were going around from then we flew into to panama sorry into new york and then went down to panama we had four months to kind of travel all the way up to to la and we were just like surfing at the time and like like looking at the forecasts and wanted to go to some weird like quirky festivals and I was like, okay, what's the sort of, what's the craziest thing that's going on in Mexico City or like what's happening in all these surf towns in Costa Rica? And we couldn't really find like the information like that, that easily. So there was always like little bits, you know, like Lonely Planet at the time, you'll read like a section of like when the, like when the festivities are happening. And I was like traveling around with these Lonely Planet books. And um, yeah, we kind of thought, okay, well, like we want to build a platform where there are all these action sports events or these like, you know surfing surfing music festivals things like that so then we got back to Oz um we got back to Sydney and um yeah just decided to kind of put a blog together um and was getting a little bit of traffic and I just thought okay let's just jump in so then we decided to build out a platform and yeah it's kind of that was about six years ago now oh wow so you were uh where did you live in where did you live in Sydney uh, I was in Manly. So oh, I was, mate, like, I lived in Manly. Sort of, did you? <laughs> yeah. Everyone I talked to lived in Sydney. They're like, yeah, I lived in Manly. Everyone. I don't know why. Manly or Bondi, right? How, how long were you over there for? Uh, oh, it was a long time ago. It was when I first, when I was 18, when I left home, I went there for three months uh, with a company to become a windsurfing and sailing instructor. And then I went back the following australian summer season for like six months and and worked at the okay. center where i trained at for a for a year for a season so six i did three months the first time then six months the second time oh cool yeah, yeah i loved it i loved it it was yeah. it's, a, it's a good spot it's like it's far i reckon that was the only like the reason thing was sort of like if you're gonna kind of uh if if you're gonna like come back and i don't know we, we were looking at if, if we go back to europe where are we gonna go and and all that and yeah i like i don't know it was it was a good time when we were there and then as soon as we like sort of started doing the business we're like man like it's quite expensive um in comparison to like a few other places and yeah we just thought all right yeah yeah no it's it's a great place and i I really like australia i'd be i'd be interested to go back now now that i'm now i'm older uh when, when i was there when i was 18 and then 19 it was obviously amazing. Um, Have you been back there since? Or? No, I haven't. No, no, no. I've not been back there since. And I, and given everything that's happened now, I think I'll struggle to get back, especially now that I'm 30. And that means you're undesirable in Australia once you turn 30, aren't you? <laughs> you know? Yeah, you can't. And I've used my working holiday visa and things like that. So 
I'm, I'm more keen to go to New Zealand now, actually. I've never been to New Zealand and I've got a lot of family yeah, over down cool. there and I've got family down there and um, yeah, it's, it's middle earth. Why wouldn't you want to go? Um, so yeah. Uh, so I, I really want to go there, but, um, but yeah, as you said, it's just so, it's so far away, especially if you're, you know, trying to in, in the industry and events and, and things like that, you know, a lot of stuff happens in, in Europe, I guess. Um, so, I mean, you, you said there you went into the kind of corporate world for a little bit and I'm, I'm not about that. Most people will know I've never been in it. I hit 18 and became a windsurfing instructor and, and that was that really. Um, so I have no experience of it, but from everything I've spoken to people about, they've, they've said very similar things that it, it's not great, but I mean, extreme sports is also quite an interesting one. Um, and we said it just yeah. before we, just before we hit record, you know, because there's, of course, there's that corporate side of it. Anyone who sits there and thinks that a brand like Volcom and stuff are all chilled out and all this. And it's like, no, they're owned by giant companies who are there to make money by selling t-shirts with logos on them. So yeah. what's, and then on, on the other side of that, you have the whole, um, I suppose, like you, you said it perfectly um, as well earlier, like it's like a clique, isn't it? And it's very, it can be very yeah. guarded, certain aspects. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what your, your sport is. That when, as you said, when we've spoken, I've, um, I'm with windsurfing is primarily my sport, which is pretty much an outlier of in the extreme sports industry. Um, what, what, what's your chosen sport? Um, so my main, I don't know when I was, when I was younger, when I was a kid, um, yeah. like, it was skateboarding. So like, it was right. like, like skating up until about 18. And then I started to learn, I started to learn surfing like pretty late. So I went to, I went to the uni in, um, in Swansea in Wales. And that was like my sole focus for going there was like, this is the closest university in the whole of the UK to, to the beach yeah, and, yeah. And, and to decent surfing. So I was like, if I go here, I can surf down in the Gower and, and mumbles and i can basically just do that between lectures if i go yeah. to lectures kind of thing and um yeah so then i just got i just got obsessed with surfing and i was like I w then i went to it seems weird saying this now but like after i graduated um i did a course um i applied for a course over over in australia which was um a surfing studies course so it was called um <laughs> it's called like sports management surf and then it was brackets surfing studies so it was kind yeah. of like i think they had a similar thing in the uk which was all around the science side and this was like basically the sort of marketing side and i thought like okay if i'm going to try and like break in and get into the industry like i don't know i'll try and do this and sort of see without having too many con like connections within you know like surf brands and stuff like that let's just give this a crack so I did that and i was like living on the gold coast for a year and like Sick. right in front of, right in front of kira and just surfing that as much as I could with a thousand other people. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was an amazing year. Like being a student there is sort of like, you know, it's kind of like pinch yourself sort of thing, like going from like, I don't know, 330 Swansea. days of, of rain. Yeah. In Swansea. <laughs> but like, it was such a lot, like Wales, it was just, it was amazing fun. So it was like two years there. I had a year in Spain because I was studying Spanish and then my final year in Swansea. And then after that I was just like, I didn't really want to finish the fun. So I was like, oh, I should be working. Oh, look, then I, my mum gave me like the, uh, this newspaper article as a joke. She's like, look, there's a surfing course. Um, have you seen this? There's a surfing studies course in, in Australia. And I just saw that. I was like, awesome. I think I'm going to apply for that. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> See you later. 
Um, so I applied online, got in, and then I was trying to get a job. Like when I finished that course and the whole, like we were saying about like the cliqueiness of everything, like um, it was all just like kids that were on, you know, like were in my class, but like we're on the pro junior circuit as well. They knew yeah. everyone in the industry that their dad works in whatever brand, you know, quick or billabong. And they're like, okay, you know, here you go come in you can do you can like basically get in and they're like oh who's this random english guy who's trying to like it's like no no one's says in england uh that's kind of like what they were thinking it was just like all this all this shit and like um i was like yeah okay it's gonna be tough and then i was like looking at, at jobs in europe and found that um uh like surf instructor like a mate who was who was on the course over in us he was just like oh they've um like quicksilver and fuerteventura looking for instructors um so oh that sounds pretty fun and i was like i was like 20 22 23 at the time and uh yeah like send the guy an email as a german dude who was running the uh the surf school over there and he gets back to me he's like yeah when can you come so i had a call with him and he's <laughs> like can, can you come next week i'm like man i'm i'm in australia i, I, can't, I can i can try and come soon so uh i just like headed over there did a did a season um and yeah it was like still trying to then get into the industry and then found like this sort of internship within the media sort of side of the action sports world at factory which was in in, in london and yeah yeah kind of sort of built built up like after after three years working there it was sort of yeah dvds and then onto like onto classified sales onto ad management and um then sort of got sick of it and left is that what you now I've come back has kind of gone full circle sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I, I suppose you you've come back under your own banner, I suppose. Um yeah. is that it's one of those things, isn't it? The extreme sports industry as a whole is a is seems to be a lot smaller uh than people think it is, despite there being yeah. multiple sports and things like that. Most brands, I guess, have dipped their toe in each in each kind of sport. Um, and it is like you know, one of like you said, you know, it's like, oh, my dad works for whatever brand, so I get sponsored by them and I'm doing, you know, this and, and yeah. that and things. And I suppose for, for me as well, like I I didn't grow up around it. I didn't uh I, I I did a bit of windsurfing when I was younger, but I grew up in the highlands of Scotland. Uh we went on a couple of like, you know, these like sun sail holidays, water sports hol- sailing holidays kind of thing. And they have windsurfing there. Yeah. And I was always like, well, that's much cooler because you're standing up, not sitting down. Um, so I always enjoyed it and stuff, but I never really did it. So when I went out to Australia when I was 18, I was like, No, I'm I'm very much a beginner, and I was very much a beginner. And I was a tubby little 18-year-old that played too much Xbox and I drank too much iron brew. Um and and it, it, I found it really intimidating getting getting into that. Like like you, you know, talking about manly. Like I remember, you know, I I bought a surfboard, um, in one of the shops there, and I was like, I'm gonna go, you know, teach myself to surf. And even just like walking down to the water, I felt super intimidating. I'm like, everyone's looking at me, and I don't belong here, and and all this stuff. And yeah, you know, there, there there definitely is a uh not not just a physical certain like look, but a certain kind of vibe and everything like that. And in my head, skateboarding always seems to have been the most intimidating one. Um, but I think surfing as well is is particularly intimidating. I think all of them are, but um, that that was certainly like my my experience. I I found them all very intimidating to get into. But then the funny thing is, I suppose yeah. even even windsurfing, you know, working in Greece and stuff, the other centres, I was like, oh, I'm intimidated and stuff. But then actually, once you kind of 
chat to them and chat to these these mythical people I'm talking about. Once you actually chat to them, <laughs> uh, you realise that they're humans as well, and actually they're quite friendly and nice. And actually, there's not that much intimidation there, you know. Yeah. Um, but you, you you do have this funny like mental block almost of like, oh, I don't look like that person yet, so therefore I'm you know not as good at them at this funny little sport, you know. Yeah, um, and I think it's sort of like it's like all of this stuff. It's kind of like you know if you're learning anything new, right, and you kind of go into it, and it's like oh, there's this whole scene I don't really know about, and like I remember like it was exactly the same for like surfing. Like now I'm just like I've been getting into mountain biking, and it's like right. it's the same sort of thing here. I was just like, man, I'm a complete beginner kook. I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah. I, haven't got, I haven't got the right, you know, like you know, wearing the right stuff, we haven't got the right helmet, or, or whatever it may be, right? And it's sort of like bit by bit you sort of speak to people and you're like oh no like, like they're all right or like people like give you tips or, or like help you out and yeah it's kind I think of it's, yeah it, it, it's one of those big things and but but at the same time when i when i look back on it every time where i was like no i am gonna go and buy a surfboard and i am gonna learn surf because i'm in australia and i want to do that and you know there was the bit inside me even at 18 when you you know you i think as you get older you almost get more nervous because you've had more chance to be shot down if that makes sense um you know for example so i think i was perhaps less apprehensive then than i was uh in the last year or so when i i I started brazilian jiu-jitsu and you know that took me four four tries to even walk in the front door you know i walked i walked back to my car and sat in my car then i walked to the door then i walked back to my car and i did i did that three or four times before i went in and and now i mean i I did now i you know i'm on i i go almost every day now um and and i've had a couple of i've had a couple of guys from the sport on the podcast talking about it and it's like i i why do you reckon that was do you reckon it was sort of like just the whole group like was there a group of people like was it like group class or something like that it was a group well it was a group class of course i was immediately um very intimidated um because it's a combat sport and i have no experience in combat sports I think that's something yeah. as well that a lot of people, you know, especially someone wanting to cross into. You're like these guys are going to kick the shit out of me. You're like, <laughs> yeah, so even even. Am I ready for this? Yeah, well, you you have you have this a similar thing in like board sports where you're like people are going to see me fall over, you know, like when you say you've been you've been playing football or whatever, and then you go, do you yeah. know what? Actually, I have always wanted to to learn to skateboard, or I've always fancied trying surfing or, or mountain biking or anything, but then you go, actually, well it's such a different vibe because it's all it's all on you isn't it you know in this the same with you know jujitsu but but, but yeah. primarily you know with these sports and it's one thing i've loved about it um is it, it is all on you the buck stops with you you know when you're standing up on your board you can't blame your teammate you can't blame your teammate if you fall off your skateboard do you know what i mean <laughs> so i think for such you can blame lot, the board just you push can, it away oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no oh, no i don't i know what you mean man so yeah so it's kind of it's you just really feel you just feel the eyes on you, right? And if you're in the water or yeah. at the skate park or exactly wh- wherever it is, you, right? Especially if you already feel like you don't look the part. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's your you don't have beautiful shoulder length blonde hair or washboard abs <laughs> or you're not you do, do you know what I mean? You know, and and I think that does yeah. stop that does stop a lot of people um, you know, getting into uh, surfing, skate, skateboarding, things like that. My my girlfriend started skateboarding last uh, last summer. I bought her a skateboard for Christmas. Uh, nice. Sorry for her, for her birthday in in June last year. 
and and she kind of started going to the skate park at like five in the morning. She's a teacher, so she'd go before going to school because she was really scared of other people being there, and they'd see her, they'd see her skating and stuff, and it it kind of like. I don't know. It it didn't make me sad because it was awesome that she was going, but I was a bit like, it is, it is, it is, it is a strange one. It is strange how intimidating these sports are and how how worried we are to fail at something. Because ultimately, well, you'll you'll know from surfing for so long is the the biz, the, the best bit of advice that I got with surfing was like, you'll go surfing for two hours, but you'll only actually spend five minutes of those two hours surfing. And they were like, and, and that's it. You've just got to get used to that. That's never, it's never going to get like, you know, better or, you know, even with me learning a windsurfing trick or something like I'm going to fall in a thousand times before I land it. Yeah. At least, you know, and, and once you make peace with that, I think it all becomes a lot easier, but it's difficult to make, to, to get your brain to start thinking like that. Was that the case for you yeah, when yeah. you started learning to surf? Um. Yeah. I mean, I remember it was like, proper proper intimidating going out on the gold coast like oh yeah it was, i think now lo- looking at like being older and looking at like learning the mountain bike i just i just care less so i was yeah. like then i was kind of like don't know i'm i'm 40 this year so i was sort of like looking at like you know when i was sort of 20 learning the surf on the gold coast so i'm like yeah, yeah. I you want to look cool don't you a bit, uh, yeah just a bit cocky and you know like yeah. i'll be all right I'll, I'll just paddle out and i remember it was like surrounded by like all these pros as like fanning and parker and just all these like big names at the time and and i paddled like across the wave instead of going into the white water and this guy just didn't air and landed on my back finned my back and this is like the first time i paddled out Oh, shit. I was like, oh, okay, maybe I, was in the, maybe I was in the wrong place, but you don't really know what you're doing, right? So you kind of like, oh, where do you sit? Where do you paddle out? How do you get out of people's way? And um, yeah, it was just like this real aggro scene. That yeah. It was sort of, I don't know. And then it was almost like like local spots and stuff in Wales was like, was like that as well. And I was like, I started off bodyboarding before. And then there was this whole thing of like being a bodyboarder. And if you bodyboard and surf, it was like, back in the day of like rollerblading and skating. And I think yeah, now yeah. I, I, I definitely think it's changed. And I think the attitude and like the openness to people has changed. And so if you go really? to the skate park and it's sort of like, yeah, like you were saying, like with, with your girlfriend, it's like, I reckon, you know, it's kind of, if you go during the day, I reckon people are way, way more encouraging now than they what they were like in the sort of, when I was like learning stuff like the nineties and like early two thousands. Why, why do you for think? Board sports, I reckon, I don't do know. I just think is? it's sort of like, I guess I cult- things culture got- as a whole, culture as a whole has become a lot more, you know, open. Obviously, I for me, it's very much amplified with like the mental health conversation. But even things like yeah. even things like, you know, gender inclusivity and, and all that stuff, like obviously culture has become uh, obviously there's still a long way to go and there's still a lot of problems. I'm not saying that everything's fine. Um but, you know, cu- culture in general has become much more open and and, and welcoming and, and things like that. But in my, I always thought extreme sports was perhaps lagging a bit behind, but probably that's because I don't go to the skate park or anything like that. So maybe I don't notice, but. Yeah, um, I mean, I've kind of been going, I've been going over here with with my son and uh, who's, who's almost five. And it's kind of like, you just sort of see that there's, there's all ages. And it's kind of like, it's like people from like his age up to like, dads like in their mid 40s or older like, like my, my my kind of age and it's then anything everything in between and girls and guys whereas before i don't know when i was learning to skate it was like 
if you wore skate shoes, you got pointed out as like, oh, do you skateboard? And like, you, like, and you're just walking around, and they're like, oh, why? It's like, oh, you're wearing like, you know, Airwalks, or you've got a pair of Vans on, or something, or like, yeah. Um, and that, and that was weird. And so it's like now it's kind of, I guess it's maybe become more mainstream and kind of it's opened up, and like the things from like the brands being like you could go to a trade show and it would just be met like it could be like just one big party that Vulcan was throwing and that all they would do would just set up a bar and proper sort of like boys club kind of thing. And, uh, yeah. uh, and then now it's kind of like, yeah, it's just, it's business, you know? And so it's like this whole thing has sort of shifted, I think with everything that's kind of, that's happened over, it definitely sort of seems like the last sort of kind of 10 years um, within certain sports, um, yeah. within action sports, I think. Yeah, absolutely. No, that, that's, yeah, that's a good point. It's something, yeah. Um, cause, cause as I said, it's very much amplified for me in the mental health conversation. I definitely see strides to being a lot of people being more open and, and, and things yeah. like that. And, and also it's actually awesome to see that a lot of brands are talking about it and a lot of, you know, pro pro athletes as well, who are at the top of all these brands rosters, um, yeah. are, are sitting there and saying, yeah, do you know what I'm, I'm having a, like most recently, I don't know if you've seen Gabe, Gabriel Medina's pulled out of pipeline because he's like, yeah. my mental health ain't right. I'm, I'm cooked. I'm burnt out and I need a break. Yeah. And he's a three, three time world champion, reigning world champion. And he's like, I'm going to miss the first event of this year because I need a break because I'm cooked. And I, I, I think it's very easy to read that as like, Oh, what have you got to be burnt out about and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, he is carrying a country, an entire country's expectation on his shoulders. Yeah. And they've got and, no idea of the pressure that kind of that. that nah, goes, and regardless of like, these guys, right? it, it's brilliant. Yeah. You know, he's got a supermodel wife and he, he's a multimillionaire and all this, and he's the best in the world at this amazing sport and stuff. But it's like, I, 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 I don't know. It's, I, I always compare it to, um, uh, I, I, for some reason, my brain always goes to, there's a brilliant post Malone song where he's just singing about sitting in his mansion by himself, being really depressed. Um, and he's, he, he's, he's, I don't know, he's, he's a musician that I've always just quite liked, but because um, he's kind of just says it, says it like it is a little bit. And he's talked about yeah. it quite a lot of, you know, feeling quite lonely at the top. And it says, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter if you live in a 15,000 square foot mansion, you can still be having a, a bit of a shit time in your own brain. And, I really, I really kind of respect. I, I'm uh, Gabriel Medina is often painted as a bit of a villain, and I'm not going to lie. He's, he's never been, he's never been my fantasy pick. Um, but I really, I really respected, I really respected him for for putting that post up and for kind of. Yeah. I hope it wasn't just a PR stunt. I pray and hope the, the cynical part of me wants to say it is, but I, I genuinely don't want to believe that. I, I like to think he is actually like, no, nah, do you know what? Um, you know, and I need a, I need a break, and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say this, even if I get fined by my sponsors for not going to this event or anything like that. You know, um, I mean, I, I think like years ago there was no way that that would like no way one, that he'd be able to. Uh, no way they would be allowed to like even announce that, even if he's feeling it. Yeah. Well, one he'd probably like have to bottle it in because he'd be like afraid of losing sponsorship. Well, that, and, yeah. And in the first whatever, place. whatever else that comes with it, and then the sponsors like the team managers would be like, you're not like there's no like you're just gonna go go ahead and do it and you know this is what we're paying you for kind of thing and i reckon like that's that has had a massive shift now where it's you know people are kind of 
you know, like they're, they're human, right? And everyone's kind of going through their own their own issues, and it's sort of it, it's okay to speak about it. Yeah. Whereas it seemed like, especially with action sports, it's like, okay, you're doing all this gnarly stuff, you know, like this is like, wh- wh- why, why, you, why have you got feelings on, on certain stuff where you can kind of surf a, you know, you surf like 10 foot pipe or, or, or whatever, whatever it is, you know, if you're a snowboarder, you know, you can, you can jump off this cliff and like, don't, don't worry about all the risks involved. I think now like it's, it's encouraged if anything to kind of talk about it. And yeah, I think that's a good thing. Well, I think as I think as well, um, one of the reasons why it's frowned upon, particularly, and this was something I was really interested to talk to you about about your own experience, which we'll get onto after. But is when you when your when your passion is your job, um, yep. that that can become particularly um, you know difficult when it comes to people questioning mental health and stuff. Because obviously, l- like you said, they look at Gabriel Medina and they go, "He's living the dream. What's he got to moan about?" You know, and then unfortunately that that almost takes us two steps back when they've taken he's taken a step forward by announcing this, and then he goes two steps back because everyone sits there and goes, Well, oh, he's chatting, he's bullshit, and he's you know, all this. Um, yeah. and it, it becomes, I don't know, it, it it's such a difficult line to tread. Because obviously, you know, if he's broken his arm and he can't compete, he can't compete, he he physically cannot paddle out. He physically can't paddle out and, you know, Rip Curl and whoever else sponsors him and, you know, everyone can sit there and go, well, yeah, he's injured. You know, how many times have pro servers been injured in the past and not been able to compete all the time, you know, but if one of them sits there and goes, do you know what? I had a panic attack a few days ago and I can't do this. You know, that, that creates a whole different conversation. I would, I would be very interested. Like you said, I, I, I think from an athlete point of view, but also from a brand point of view of, of what they're doing, there's a, uh, from from my perspective, there's a brilliant uh, brand based down in Cape Town called Dirty Habits that's all about kite, kite surfing and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and their uh, their founder Graham Howes, um, he recently put something up about um his own mental health and how he struggles. And you see their videos, and it's all like the best kiteers in the world. And they all go down to Cape Town and they go and jump out of planes and they go and yeah. kite around and they, they just it's yeah almost like a mix of kite surfing and nitro circus and stuff like that but they've really built this big brand and you know they do some uh collaborations with some some great clothing companies and, and all this stuff but yeah he came out and now he's doing a whole documentary about it and uh one of the brands a brand's called a brand called mystic um i don't know if you've heard of them but they um they're big in the kind of wind sports and now they're getting into surfing yep. as well but they've thrown their support behind this documentary that Graham's making. And, you know, they're, they're like, this is awesome. We're really happy that yeah. you're, that you're doing this and stuff. And it's, it, it was really cool to see um, from, from my point of view that a, a brand is actually getting behind the mental health conversation um, as much as the athletes are, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And I think it's almost like, it's, it's a responsibility now to like to do that as well. And to not just like, cause everyone, like if if they try to shy away from it and they don't kind of i mean yeah there's a lot of kind of issues within i guess the sort of historic kind of like like legacy with these with these brands and how yeah. uh, like a, a lot of, a lot of them are started and stuff but it's sort of like now it's kind of it's should be trying to take the lead from their athletes making sure that they're all right yeah. and you know if these guys like like with medina you know he's the best poster boy for for Ripco and, and, yeah. and, and stuff like that. And it's sort of like, it's, it's, it's looking at 
it's looking at these things and going like yeah it is okay like the stuff that they have to put up with on social as well like the whole trolling thing that kind of never really existed and i mean it, oh, yeah. made, it probably did but in different forms right and it wasn't so like and uh, yeah i mean people don't really know what what they're going through and I suppose, like yeah. you said it's easy to say oh yeah you know you're world champion and you've got you've got millions yeah. in the bank and all this stuff but it's um yeah I, mean, I guess yeah, social media, social media comes up in every podcast I do. And for good reason, <laughs> um, because usually, usually every, everyone always has, you know, something to, to add to it. And, you know, you've said it there, even in, in this space, even these athletes and stuff that are beloved by, you know, they've got millions of followers and, and stuff like that, but there is still this kind of toxic sect yeah. of, of social media, toxic corner uh, where they will just, you know, scrutinize every move that, uh, that, that they make. And like, like you said, yeah. 10, you know, 15, even, even 10 years ago, like that scrutiny was not, was not there, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, again, that's, that's something that, yeah, you know, pro athletes and, and things like that really, and, and brand brands as well, reacting to it and, you know, things like that. And moving on then with your, uh, you know, we've just been talking about, well, I mentioned sort of working, working in your your passion and things like that. Yeah, you've been you've been doing it for quite a while now. I you know I suppose you know you've been working within the industry. Obviously, you said you left for a few years, but mm-hmm. now that now that you're under your own banner with Rad Season and you've you've got your name on the door, um, how do you how do you find balancing, uh, you know, passion and 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 work? How how do you because it's kind of two hats, I suppose. On the one hand, you're yeah, like, yeah, oh, I, I mean, this this is exciting. And on the other hand, you're like, when oh, I, st- when I started it, yeah, it was just like, I think I spent two years just solidly in front of the, in front of the computer. I think everyone thinks that, yeah, if you start your own business, you can have all this time and, you know, be able to just yeah. go surfing whenever you want. And you, you like, you can, you can like, you can do it, but you sort of feel guilty. And I was kind of like getting this thing where it's just like, no, I've got to be building the, building the platform, building the website, putting all these events up. And I spent two solid years of just like editing, building and not really like I go out for a surf. I'd be sitting in the water and there'd be like a lull. I'd be waiting for 15 minutes and I'd just be like, oh shit, I should be at my desk. And it's just, like, it's just stupid stuff. Like, you know, like I'm not thinking like now I think about everything I, like way differently. If I'm exercising, it's not, it's a right. mental thing as well as like before it was sort of like, it was just something that, you know, I just did do for fun. But now it's kind of like I think about like, I think about it differently. Um, so yeah, this whole like passion thing of just like, just um, working on it. I wasn't actually going to any events. I'm like, I'm building an event website and I'm just sitting, I'm talking, I'm doing the same thing that I was doing when I was selling ads. I'm just speaking to people on Skype or, or Zoom or whatever, and just not, not really, not going to them. So then when we left, I was like, okay, fuck it. We're going to go and we're going to do, we're actually like do what we kind of stand for. And that's actually go to this stuff. So I took off with, with my wife and our, um, our son, who was like two years at the time, he, he was two at the time. And we were going to move back to Europe. And we basically did a festival tour for like four months. We traveled to about 25 oh. festivals. And um, on paper, I was just like, yeah, this is going to be the best thing ever. We are like, going to like the tomato uh food food fight festival in spain and we took him to like 
Um, we went to like a Oktoberfest style thing called uh, like Frühlingsfest, which is in, in Munich. It's the same as Oktoberfest, but it's like a little bit smaller and it happens in spring. And then, yeah, we went to fires in Montpellier and just so much like crazy stuff. I think we were doing like one festival a week and um, it was amazing. And like now, like looking back and seeing like what's happened with yeah. the world and the pandemic and everything oh, shutting yeah, down, yeah. like that was like, it was, it was good to do, but um, it, it kind of shifted perspective. So it's like the whole thing of like working in something that you're passionate about it's not always what it's cracked up to be. And it's like, that's anything from like, I don't know, when I was a surf instructor, I only did a season. Like I basically just, I don't know, I was just drinking too much and just partying the whole time. And it just, it just got to me. Uh, it was super fun, but I was like, I, I, I need, I need a, I need a holiday from that holiday kind of thing. And there was sort of like um, the same thing with like, with all of it. It's like, if you're not balancing it out properly, and if you're not sort of taking yourself away uh, from from it like I spoke to uh, a surfboard shaper the other day and he was sort of saying like even when he goes surfing people will paddle up to him and start talking about his surfboards mm. he's just like oh fuck you know like you just kind of you want to get away from it so he goes oh I'm really into diving but like when I go when I go scuba diving or I go fishing I'm just like I'm just away and I'm like no I'm not talking about it and um yeah that's kind of like we were like go, either going to events and then now it's sort of like, okay, if I'm not going to events because they're not happening, le- learning a new thing, you know, like, so learning mountain biking or doing, doing something that's kind of, yeah, you never really thought about until you got like, may, not I wouldn't say sick of another thing, but it just got a little bit too much. You're like, okay, let's switch it up a little bit and do something new. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of, one of the most valuable things that you just said there, Ollie, and, and I think if anyone listening is going to take anything away from this, it's the, what you what you said about when you were going surfing and you realized now nah, this is this is like part of the work as well you know you realize it, it's realizing that actually going surfing for that hour and a half you know in the afternoon or in the or in morning whatever time and you sit there and you're feeling yeah. guilty that you're not being productive you're being productive by going surfing so anyone listening whatever yeah. it is that you like doing like i went to jiu-jitsu for an hour and a half today and i know that is me being productive because the the three or four hours before I went from when I woke up to, you know, did that work before I, you know, uh, had a shower, got ready and, and walked down. I was very productive in those three or four hours because I knew that I was going to jujitsu. Then I left jujitsu and I came back and I did a bit more work and saw myself out. And then I'm now doing this podcast with you. And if I wasn't doing that, it, it, I, I wouldn't, I kind of frame my day around it, if that makes sense. And it, it's become, it becomes part of the, the routine. I, um, Anyone who's, who's not sure as well, I, I uh, started my own business a couple of years ago. I actually left uh, the windsurfing industry, which was I was working in my passion. I actually left um, because it wasn't working for me much anymore. That's why I've been so interested to talk to you about it. Um, what, what did you do? What did you start? Uh, well, uh, so I, I was um, a windsurfing instructor for pretty much 10 years. Um, and then I was helping manage uh, a center on the South Coast in the UK. Um, okay. And like you said at the beginning, I found myself watching people windsurfing and being in the sea more than actually being in it myself. Um, And I realized after speaking to all these guys who would come down and go windsurfing and kiting, and I was like, what do you all do? And they were like, oh, we've, they've all, they've all got their own businesses, whatever it is. And it just allowed them to all, uh, you know, come, come down and just go sailing. And I was like, um, this is wrong. So I essentially, and I'd always, 
you know, working abroad and stuff, I'd always viewed it as I'm the lucky one because I, this is my job and all this stuff. And I, I, and I always feel bad admitting this, but I, I realized that actually working in the industry was not the way for me to enjoy the sport to the maximum. If that makes sense. I, I realized that leaving the industry and I'm going to start my own thing that allows me the time to, to, do, it. Yeah. to, to do it. And then, and then uh, now that I've found, uh, like, like you said, going mountain biking or, or fishing or, or something like that, you know, this guy going diving. Now that I've got Brazilian jiu-jitsu, that's a whole new thing that has nothing to do with it. Because it's like it, a whole new world, right? And then it's a whole like, new yeah. world. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Sandy who, and, and you know, like you, I'm, I'm sure you're, you know, relatively very well known within the industry because it's a small industry and, and windsurfing is an even smaller industry than the small extreme sports industry. So everybody knows each other and, and everything like that. And I'm honored to still be a part of the industry um, and, and doing that. And I know a lot of people within it, but then I've got this other sport that I love doing and no one, nobody really knows each other outside the, the gym where we train, you know, and, yeah. you know, things like that. And it's that, uh, I suppose, anonymity, not without saying I'm famous or anything like that, but having that anonymity of like, this is all new to me. And it's, I don't yeah. know, it's, 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 it's wonderful. Um, but yeah, I think that's such a solid bit of advice that you just said there about realizing that actually that that little bit of time spent away from being productive in quotes is also productive. You know, looking after yourself yeah. and going out and getting some exercises is still so essential because to, to me, that really helps frame my day. Otherwise, you spend your time looking for an excuse to bunk off, essentially, yeah. if, that, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, yeah. you sit you sit on your laptop and you think you're doing work, but actually you're online shopping. You're looking at flights and you're looking at a menu for where you're going in that evening. You know, you're, you're not actually doing any work. Or maybe that's just me. <laughs> At the same time, just with multiple yeah, yeah, tasks. Yeah. <laughs> multitasking, mate. But, you know, I, I think, you know, having having that outlet um, is is so, so important. Um, yeah. Especially, like you said, if, you, if you've started your own thing, but also if you um, if you're working in your in your passion as well, I think it, it, that those lines do start to blur between sort of work and play, don't they? Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, by the end of it, when we got to like, I don't know, from like the last couple of festivals, we did those, those 25 events. It was sort of like, you're just going through the motions at the end and you're not really sleeping much and you just yeah. kind of, you just want to get it done. And like now I'm like absolutely gagging to go back to it. Like go back to a festival now would just be, would be amazing. So it's kind of like, yeah, sort of looking at, um, appreciating things when you are doing them and then also like having having different maybe different interests or different things the way you can you know you, you can step away from it as well so you can sort yeah. of like I, I was so obsessed with surfing for like 20 years and then like just started to get over it like I don't know if the scene was changing or I was getting like older or grumpier or whatever was happening but I was just sort of like in the water going oh i don't really want to be here if it was like someone would drop in on you or be like really aggressive and and i'd just be like i just need to like it's probably nothing to do with surfing it's probably just myself thinking yeah. like i need to change to change things up and do something differently and then with the whole mountain biking thing um yeah it was just like i'm in this new world it was like discovering surfing again so discovering that like, there's all these waves everywhere was oh my god there's all these mountains there's trails everywhere it's yeah. like now like kind of you can just drive to a different place like two hours from where we are in portugal and it's just like you know like it's all new so it's all kind of like 
it's like being a kid again, basically. Yeah, mate. Um, and that's probably the same with jiu-jitsu, right? You're, just like, you're, just learning uh, yeah. new, you're learning a new thing and you're like, how, how sick is this? And yeah. You've literally, yeah, you've, you've, oh. summed, you've literally summed, summed that up so well. Like, I, I have, um, I had a great summer last year. I went back to Greece for a couple of months and, and had a great time, but I've not actually windsurfed since then. I tore my MCL and then um, recovered, recovered from that. And then since then, the conditions in the UK have just been awful. It's just been, it's just not been a windy winter whatsoever just so far. So I just haven't I haven't been on the water since September, um, so I, I'm feeling a bit jaded with with um, with windsurfing and a, and a bit over it. But like you said, it, that that love has kind of transitioned into this new sport, and you're a beginner yeah. again, and you're like it's like a new shiny toy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it it really is. But but at the same time, like I I almost feel this guilt of of like fuck, did I did I waste ten years on that? when I could have been doing this, I know that's absolute rubbish because I know I'm, I'm going to spend the summer in Greece again this year and I'm going to be windsurfing again and, and get into it. And I think we've got to realize that it's okay to have more than one thing that you love doing Yeah, as humans. You know, often we're not, we don't generally, I think people these days do, well, actually, actually I think COVID's changed this, but people tend to do less hobbies than they used to. But actually I think COVID has, has turned that around. People are doing more hobbies so. again, aren't they? Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I saw... Um, I don't know if you saw, I, I put it on Instagram a while ago, uh, Henry Cavill, the, the actor uh, who, who played Su- Superman in the latest ones. And then he, he was in The Witcher on Netflix as well. And, okay. Anyway, he's a, he's a, a very, very famous actor. Um, and he was on Graham Norton a while ago. And, and Graham Norton started talking to him about um, all his hobbies and stuff. He's really into Warhammer. You know, like painting little soldiers yeah. and stuff like that. I used to do it when I was a kid as well. I loved it. Um, but he, talking to him about this and, and Henry Cavill, like... Um, Graham Norton kind of almost like mugs him off and he's like, well, you do have a lot of hobbies and all this. And, and Henry Cavill's sort of sitting there like, why are you making me sound weird? He's like, what, you know, what, what am I meant to do? Just sitting. For you, Graham. And yeah. And I think, I think to a certain extent, and obviously, you know, you said you're not in the UK, you're in Portugal. So maybe it's a bit different, but in the UK, I feel like with hobbies and things, it's a lot of like, if you don't just go out drinking every weekend, then you're a bit weird. If you actually like doing something, you know, it, 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 I think, is... I think you get pigeonholed into certain things as well. So if you're like in a kind of group or, Oh yeah. Like, especially back in the day, it's like, Oh, you skate. Okay. This, this guy's a skater. This guy like plays football or like whatever it is. It's like, um, yeah. I, I found like that was kind of, I just got sick of that. And that, yeah. I, maybe I was like, so focused. And it was like, I built my whole kind of persona around like, I don't know this this surfing yeah like person dude whatever you want to call yeah, it yeah, right you're, you're and then I just yeah. got like I just I just got like yeah I I got over it and I think um I mean like being a skater and kind of you were like you were like a minority anyway like sort of like kind of like especially kind of like mid nineties it sort of wasn't like this is before like Tony Hawk game came out and stuff. And then it had its boom and it had its like peak. But back then it was just sort of like, yeah, you were just a weirdo. I think there was yeah. like three or four people that did it. And I was just like, I don't know, I'm going to do it anyway because I kind of like it. But then you just get pigeonholed as that one thing and you can't really like, like I wanted okay. to play football. And I would like, I'd, I'd, I'd play like, I was like playing in the school, in the football team and stuff. And they'd be like, oh, like, why is he in the team? Like he skates or like he's a skateboarder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, wear, he wears baggy clothes or whatever it was. It's, now looking back, it's just, it just sounds ridiculous. But yeah. at the time, like, 
and I don't know if that's a UK thing, like thinking about that. And it's sort of like, yeah, there's this yeah, like, it's not. standard thing, like you were saying, like people just want to go, like it's, it's normal to go out and go on the piss on Friday. And if you don't want to do that for whatever reason, then you're like, oh yeah, what's what's up with this guy after work kind of thing. Yeah. No, it's it's true. Yeah, yeah. That, you. I mean, again, Ollie, you you've just said what I said before, but in in a much in a much better way. Like that that's exactly how I felt with with windsurfing and stuff. Is like I felt like I'm starting to lose because I've not been windsurfing for so long since like you know last year. I've not been windsurfing for four or five months now, and I'm like feel like I'm losing that persona that I've built of myself over the last ten years. And now that I'm doing more jujitsu, I'm like I'm. I'm I'm not only losing that persona, but I'm starting to build a new one. And I'm like, I feel bad for doing that, but actually that's absolutely fine. Like I'm not the yeah. same. I'm not, I'm 30 years old. I'm not the same person I was when I was 18, when I started windsurfing. I'm not the yeah, same yeah. person I was when I was 24, when I was doing a lot of windsurfing, you know, it's, it, it yeah. but it's really interesting why I've, I kind of, and, and, and maybe it's just um, me being a, an anxious little mess. But I, I really do kind of beat myself up on that. I beat myself up that I'm, I'm changing and I'm like, I don't want to change because change means I'm getting older. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's been, it's been something that I'm, I'm really trying to uh, reckon with. And especially as I get a bit older and start to think about, you know, like what, where, where am I, you know, where do I want to end up? You know, if I want to buy a house or, you know, I'm like, do I want to be, by the sea or do i want to actually be by a good jiu-jitsu gym do i want to spend more time surfing and it's it's really it's really hard to define as you you know i feel like i'm going through a i suppose i suppose i'm not quite a midlife crisis but i'm past a quarter life crisis so i'm not really sure but i don't think it's a crisis actually i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give it that much gravity but um (laughs) it it is difficult but it's 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 really reassuring actually that you've you've said you know you've had a a similar thing with with surfing and then you've you know gone into mountain biking and, and found this other this yeah. other kind of passion that's not outside it because i know rad season you also do a lot of you know mountain biking stuff and you know events and things like that but um i guess it's yeah. it's like it's it yeah the, the new love for you as you said uh, yeah i think so and i reckon like nothing nothing's concrete and like when we left the uk and like people were like oh you're crazy why are you doing that like what about your family i was just like like we never said we're gonna go and be there forever yeah. And it's like with all this stuff, it's just like you can you can do it for a bit, but nothing's nothing's set in stone, right? So if you want to kind of you want to change a career, you want to start your own business, you want to live in another country, that's all possible if you if you want if you want to make it happen. And yeah. it's not like okay, we we moved to Portugal, but it's not like we love it here in the moment and we're happy, we're happy staying here for now, but you never you never really know what happens, right? So yeah. you can like never know if you're gonna be leaving or, or or doing something new. And I think that's kind of that's what makes things exciting or yeah. it does for me anyway that it's kind of whereas before i don't know i was very kind of yeah a bit maybe a bit narrow-minded with the sports stuff or like this is what i like doing this is the music i like listening to and it's yeah. sort of like you know like if you surf you've got to like listen to you listen to this punk like and you skate and you listen to punk or hip-hop and you know you can't really like be listening to other stuff or and it's just like now it's just stupid like thinking that that's kind of it's almost like through media, right? It was like, oh, this is like a certain, certain like stereotype of whatever the the person was or the, you know, someone that you're looking up to. And yeah, now you just, I think it's cool if you do your own thing, whatever it is. I think that's it. I think, you know, it's, 
it's it's you you sometimes you've got to realize that actually enjoying yourself is a little bit more important than looking cool and i think that's something that happens as you as you perhaps get a bit older and become a bit more comfortable with yourself like you said you know when you're surfing on the gold coast when you're 22 you know you're perhaps a bit more concerned with the chicks on the beach watching or you know anything like that yeah, yeah. or you know even the, the other guys in the water watching as well you know did they see my cutback and stuff then actually going do you know what i'm i'm at, if i come out of the war and i'm like i had fun then that ultimately that's um that's what's important but it's it's making yeah. peace it's making peace with that in your own head but i like what you said there as well about you know things things aren't concrete and things like that because i think a lot of people get worried when they make a big life decision that that's it you know, yeah. if they, you know, accepting a new job or, or buying a house or, or moving to a new place, anything like that, they think, right, well, th- this is it forever now. I've made this decision. And it's like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you haven't. No, In yeah. Obviously, you know, there may be some issues, you know, if you buy a house and, you know, there might be some l- loopholes you need to jump through and things. But ultimately, like you're it, you, you are very much in control of your own destiny and you can, yeah. you can decide, actually, I'm going to quit my job and, try and start a business i mean that's what i did i did it in september 2019 i did it and it was the best thing i ever did in my life you know i was like i'm out i'm you know it, it yeah and i imagine now for you looking back on on rad season and stuff um it must be must be quite satisfying to look back on despite despite covid and you know how hard that's been <laughs> yeah. um over yeah. the last couple of years i imagine that's been pretty difficult in the event space <laughs> um yeah it was kind of it was a bit of a bit of a shock um, so yeah like march 2020 that was kind of everyone when they kind of when they announced everything and then you know um yeah. when travel since as soon as travel stops and for us it's kind of like we're just a search engine for people trying to find cool events or cool things to do right and uh experiences and festivals and stuff and yeah it was like people googling like can i get toilet paper from from the supermarket not where am I going to go? Or like, what, 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 like, like, yeah, like, like what festivals happening in Spain or like, where can I get loose and party? Um, yeah. And sort of had that massive drop. And at the time I, I just, I just had a, I, I freaked out. I was like, yeah, I couldn't, I, I paused, I think for about three weeks, couldn't go surfing. They banned surfing Portugal. Um, and so you couldn't go on the beach. You get rested if you go in the sea um and yeah i was just like i don't really know like you've built your whole like you're saying like a whole identity and everything around this new this new company or like rad this concept of rad season what it is and it's just like overnight boom it's it's stopped uh and yeah i was like fuck i don't know what to do but i've got to, like i've got to clear my head so I didn't really like, I was just surfing the whole time. Didn't use the mountain bike. I bought it about five years before in Australia, found it in the garage, dusted it out and just got out into the woods and was just listening to music and kind of listening to music and and biking and being outside, I think probably saved me from at the time from a massive breakdown. Cause I was like, okay, like we were just at the point where it was breaking through and we were getting clients on and was, it was doing, doing all right. Yeah and yeah and then that happened like out how, how like you know like i think we're fortunate that we were still healthy at the time and everything you know was, yeah. and obviously what's what's happened and um yeah but from a summer a, a work perspective and like looking after the family and stuff I was like okay like shit now what are we going to do so 
Uh, I just thought we've got to keep the conversation going after a little pause for like a few weeks and then just started doing this, this live show. And it was like speaking to event organizers at the beginning. And then it was always like, it's a little bit depressing, but it was just like trying to help, help people. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, okay. What, what just having, having chats, like, you know, we are now and just sort of just having open discussions and yeah, started doing them live. And then did that was just doing that then every week. Um, and then that sort of, that turned into a TV show and with with fuel tv so it sort of then switched to more actions action sports focused and yeah sort of went from an events company to a media company um and still i mean people don't really know what's happening this year so it's sort of like this could be like the third year for like events and festivals getting cancelled or pushed back so yeah we've kind of changed i want to use that word pivot but it was sort of yeah, we thought we've got to do something. We're in, we're in this shit. Let's kind of let's mix it up a little bit. And uh, yeah, that's what we did. But. Yeah, was that when? Um, I, I I I very much apologise. I, I haven't actually uh, mentioned this yet, but um, you you actually have the Rad Season podcast as well. Um, was that? When yeah, you, so that was like was that when you started. Yeah, that was the, the same podcast. time, right? Yeah. Okay. So the yeah, podcast yeah. was like was the live show. Um, I thought so. Yeah, and it, it evolved into a podcast yeah. instead. Yeah. And then the and then we just turned it into like um into an audio podcast. Awesome. So it sort of went out as a as a video show, um, mainly across social, so like LinkedIn and YouTube and Facebook and stuff, and then turned it into an audio. Um, yeah, and then the the TV version of that, which was on Fuel, which was then in a studio in Lisbon, and we did uh we did like a season, did like twelve episodes. And that was kind of like, yeah, it was pretty interesting. It was sort of like going from, you know, doing it in your, in your board shorts or your pajamas or whatever in your, in, yeah, yeah. In, your, in, in your spare room, like, like, like I'm now to like then being in, in a studio and having like three lights, like shone on your face and oh. like camera crew and stuff. And then, but then it's still like looking at the screen because we couldn't travel. Um, so there's still like doing it on same thing doing yeah. it on zoom it's just like the same thing we're just with a whole bunch of people wearing masks around me i was like this is pretty weird yeah. um yeah so that's kind of where we're taking it and then we're sort of now looking at like if we can do like another tv show concept um this year um, and hopefully like actually doing it with with humans face to face if we can kind of if we can travel and get out yeah um yeah that's that's um yeah, that's so. I, I like you said you would don't want to use the word pivot. It's classic industry jargon. <laughs> we managed. <laughs> we managed. To I was trying to think of another word before I said it. Yeah, I, well, I'm, like, I'm glad you made fun of it because I was going to say it. <laughs> yeah, okay, don't, don't say that word. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just basically just change like have, like change and do something that yeah, just think just think about what like what we could do like in in that situation yeah um yeah and it's still kind of looking at different uh, different things as well now as well so just kind of see seeing where it goes do you think um going going back to one of the first things you said about it do you do you think um because of the effect or because of how mountain biking helped you during during that time like like you said you know without that you potentially have had a had a bit of a breakdown do you do you think that's um why you've become so fond of the sport because in a way it kind of it was kind of your salvation at a, a pretty dark time for you or it, am i reading too much into it um i think so i i think that was sort of like i don't know i've almost like i've always 
I've always kind of like like done a bit of running and stuff like that if I right. wasn't if I wasn't playing football or if I wasn't surfing like I tried to kind of keep that up right and um yeah I think it was just sort of it took the thinking out if you're like going downhill on a single like narrow little skinny trail and you've got to like not hit trees you don't have time to think yeah. about any yeah. any shit that's going on and it was almost like I think that's why I like fell out of love with surfing at the time because you're just you do have a lot of unless it's heavy and you're paddling and duck diving the whole time you're just sitting on your board and then my mind was just going in all these different places yeah and freaking out yeah um and i'd kind of like i listened to music so if i was going uphill i was sort of drowning out my thoughts and then as soon as i was going downhill or just you're focusing you, kind of, you, yeah. you gotta like yeah you gotta lock in yeah and i did something similar um i went i was like lucky enough to go to i went to tenerife for the first time um over christmas and um uh did did a little bit of surfing over there but did like didn't didn't have my bike with me didn't rent one but they've got all these massive like mental volcanoes up there and i was just yeah. like, looking at all these like these places where we we're staying i was like fuck i, I want to go up there like yeah. just just curious like so um like it was so steep and it was like couldn't run up it but ba- like basically sort of like tried to like walk up as fast as i could and then i was just like running down and it was it was mad it was just like fuck i think i've got like a new hobby or a new addiction like this yeah. whole like volcano trail running <laughs> just like going down these <laughs> like sheer volcanoes it's like, this is really fun and it's sort of remind like reminding me of that buzz that you get yeah yeah um from from mountain biking and it was almost like not doing anything dangerous but just scaring yourself a little bit and i don't know i think that's kind of always been what i've what's what i found exciting from starting off skateboarding all the way to like picking up all these new yeah yeah crazy sports yeah i've got um i've got a lot of friends that live in live in tenerife and they're always like e-biking and mountain biking up uh, up yeah. around the volcanoes and stuff like that i, I really yeah, wanted crazy I, yeah I'm, I'm planning on going uh, ho- hopefully sort of april time i want to get get down to tenerife i've never been before but my my it's new amazing. winter my new windsurf kit should arrive uh early march so hopefully once <laughs> that arrives i'll be uh i'll be heading there because yeah it looks looks like a bit of a paradise tenerife looks like you can do a bit of everything there it looks awesome man there's so much stuff i thought it was going to be like like living in fuerteventura um yeah, in, i've been there the as well for it's a year barren. and that was kind of like a super barren it's cool for a little bit it's just like oh yeah you know you just arrived on mars but like tenerife was like it was really green there's like there's like a whole like pine forest area yeah, yeah, on, yeah. So, like once you get past like a thousand meters it's like fuck this could be like you know a century it almost reminded me of of home of like central portugal like, like close to where we are here yeah and um yeah and then you've got like amazing surf on both sides of the island depending on where you're going to go and um i think they're kind of it's two different markets it seems so i would like as younger i was just thought it's like oh, this is going to be this just piss head place and it's like cheap package holidays everyone's yeah, just yeah, yeah. Like proper like large in it like mangaloo style like i don't know i was like okay yeah, like is it going to be like <laughs> is it going to be like that and um it sort of is but then like they're trying to they're really trying to make it and maybe i don't know if that's recent i think like, that's available as well they, they, like that's available as well yeah in, like las americas and stuff like that yeah you've got that but then where where i want to go where all the windsurfing is is the south side of the island there's a place called el el medano 
Um, okay. And that's a nice little village, apparently. And it, it it's pretty much those locals. And then it's just full of windsurfers and kite surfers because it's just yeah, howling. It's howling windy there all the time. And there's nice waves. Um, and, and I think they've just built built a town around that. But it's not people don't go there to go boozing they go there to 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 enjoy the conditions so I think into, yeah from what i've seen you know it, it apparently it's you know really nice vibes and it's really chilled and things like that so yeah no i i'm um i'm very hyped to to get out there i really <laughs> want to get out there this year if i can as i said hopefully i've got a few friends that live there but um yeah a couple of friends that are going to try and go out there sort of april time so hopefully i can i can get out with them mate because it it looks like such a cool That's place fun. It looks like such a cool place. Um, well, I think we'll we'll probably uh, start to wrap up there, lest we end up repeating ourselves. And by ourselves, I mean me. I repeat myself all the time. Um, but yeah, um, Ollie, before we go, a couple of quick fire questions. Usually, yeah, usually I ask people uh, certain questions, but because you are a podcaster and I love talking to other podcasters, I'll, I'll change it a little bit slightly. Um, if you could have who who's your dream podcast guest? If you could have anyone on your podcast, who you? I suppose you've you've had some you've had some real big deals on your podcast actually already, haven't you? But who's um who's the dream guest? Um, I don't know. I thought like I'd like to get like I'd like to get Slater on. Um, I'd like to get, I'd like to get Steve-O on as well from from Jackass. You listen to his podcast? Uh, I do. Yeah, it's brilliant. Use it. Yeah, he's good. I'd, I'd love to get him on. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe Tony Hawk, maybe Kyle Lenny would be pretty interesting as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. From, I mean, those sort of action sports kind of realm would be those guys. Um, what about you? What, who's kind of... Um, I think uh, Kyle Lenny's quite high on my list purely because I think um, I've just got so much respect for him because he just gave a big fuck you to the industry of like, I'm not going to get pigeonholed at all. Like, yeah. um, I'm and uh, there, there's a brilliant film. Have you seen uh, there's a film called Paradigm Lost? Have you seen that? And it's basically, um, no, it, oh man, it, it's, so it's Kyle Lenny and he basically is doing, it's about an hour long. It's like a, a feature length. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's him going and doing all the sports that he does with all the best guys within those sports. So yeah, nice. there's a section where he goes, you know, he's toe surfing massive waves. And then, then he goes windsurfing at who keeper on Maui with, you know, two or three of the best windsurfers. And he's talking about that. And then, yeah, cool. then he talks about his kind of long distance paddle boarding. And then he does, you know, paddle board surfing. And then there's a few of the guys talking about, um, uh, about him. I'll be layer one of the a pro surfer yeah. is, is kind of talking about Kyle Lenny and they're like, he kind of paddled out at, you know, wherever. And we were like, Who, who's this guy? Like he's a windsurfer. Like, what are you doing? And then he got up on the board and started doing essentially windsurfing rotations, but on his surfboard. And they were like, well, okay, maybe he belongs here. It's mental. And I, I just got so much respect I, for that. And the fact that he still, uh, maybe because I'm a windsurfer, I'm biased, but I just love that someone of his magnitude and his reach is still putting out windsurf content, and he's still like, "Yeah, I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not too cool for this sport," and he's just not too cool for anything. He's like, "No, I still go yeah. kiting, and I still go windsurfing, and I still do stand up, you know, paddle stand up surfing as well, which a lot gets a lot of shit." And you know, I I, I just really respect him. So yeah, he's he's definitely out there. Um, I'd love to have a conversation with Mick Fanning because um, I think mental health wise, he's been through a lot of shit yep. and I think he'd be, he'd be awesome to chat to. Um, they're kind of those guys, but beyond that, honestly, 
doing this podcast, I've I've been so shocked by when I do an episode with someone that I'm like, this is going to be a big one and all this. Sometimes I, I, I never want to say it's lackluster because no episode I've done has been a disappointment. But sometimes it's the ones that I'm like, just like, yeah. Well, you don't expect it, right? Yeah, I don't expect yeah. it to be such a good one. And then, uh, you know, we do it and I'm like, man, this is this is awesome. You know, this is, yeah. it, it, you know, it might just be like a friend of mine or, or something like that. That's turned out to be, um turned out to be something really special. So I, I don't really know. It's a difficult one, but yeah, I, I think um in terms of extreme sports and things like that, Kyle Lenny would definitely be at the top of my list. Cause I think, yeah, yeah. Kyle Lenny and, and, and Mick Fanning, Mick Kelly Fanning. Slater would be an interesting one. Cause he's, he's not a human being. He's an alien. You know, he just talks. He'd probably just talk to you about cryptocurrency and stuff now, wouldn't he? You know, he's yeah, and vaccines. <laughs> um, um, and then uh, this this podcast was the original um, concept behind the podcast and the name, the After Hours Lounge. I hope to one day, uh, well, earn enough money to be able to build the After Hours Lounge because I'd like it to be a physical destination. But um, the idea behind it was. Uh, people men particularly used to finish work and they'd go and sit in the pub together and have a couple of beers together and just talk and just chat shit mm-hmm. and i think men were a lot happier when they used to do that and now people don't do that because life's more expensive and harder and yeah that that just doesn't i feel like that doesn't happen as much um and men just don't talk to each other as much as they used to so that was the concept and originally a lot of it was surrounding uh, having a couple of beers as well um my relationship with alcohol has changed quite a bit as I've done the podcast and I don't actually drink that much anymore. Um, okay. But um, I'm interested about you. What is your, what is your tipple of choice? Are you, uh, I imagine, you know, like you said, there's some, some probably been some pretty fun events. Are you, are you a beer man? What's the drink of choice? Um, yeah. So, I mean, like my family got COVID this week. I'm in isolation. So, oh, mate. so there's no, um, yeah, we're kind of not like not drinking at the moment. Um, yeah. But, I don't know. I kind of beer, I guess, would be. I love beer, beer and wine, and and rum. And rum. Kind Any, of my, what's the what's not the all beer? at the same time? Well, unless it's a special um, occasion. What's the beer? I don't know. Of, over here, choice. Um, here I'm kind of just drinking like the local the local stuff. So like Sagres and yeah, Superbook. They've got a few kind of craft breweries popping up as well. Um, really? few sort of like hipster kind of joints like yeah. sprinkling around Lisbon and stuff and oh, I bet yeah but yeah. I don't know I mean just like yeah just the local stuff's okay and then for like the red wine here is amazing like I didn't really know anything about it before moving to Portugal like you always like the Spanish and French and Italian yeah. is super famous but like the area just north um of Porto the Douro region um we we took a trip up there like a few months back and it was like as far as the eye could see it was just like like just this valley of like back-to-back like wineries i was like oh my god it's just like there must be like a thousand different like wineries up there it's incredible yeah Yeah, um so yeah so getting into wine as well um yeah yeah i need to get in uh, well i don't need to get into wine at all but everyone's like you'll start liking wine when you get older and like i'm 30 and i still hate wine i'm like (laughs) i just don't get it but I, i think it's a good thing like when i talk to my sister at christmas and stuff she's like yeah her and her, her her boyfriend, her and her partner, they'll sit there of an evening and just drink a bottle of wine between the two of them. And like, yeah, I don't think that's a very good thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a Wednesday night or whatever, they'll just sit there and drink a whole bottle of wine. And I know if I drank wine 
me and me and my partner would probably do the same thing, but because I don't drink wine, we don't really do it. So yeah, I guess maybe it's a good thing in the long run, but people keep saying you're going to learn to you, you'll like wine. And I'm like, I just nah. don't. I think it's from years <laughs> of drinking, years of drinking like horrible, cheap wine that comes in a plastic bottle when I lived out in Greece that I think it's just yeah. it's burnt, burned any taste I had for it away. Um <laughs> But yeah, I do. I do. I and, do. Ha- and and how come? Did, did, did you sort of like? Have you quit drinking then, or have you kind of you just drink? No, this? I've not. Um, not not at all. If I, if I'm honest, it, it's nothing to do with my. Um, well, actually, no. It maybe it is a little bit to do with my mental health and stuff. But I just found, um, like, I've I've always been really good with hangovers and things like that. But the the following day, I just get really anxious, and it comes it comes back to what we were yeah. saying about like the productivity thing of like. I just feel awful the next day and I just don't feel like I can do anything. I don't feel like I can be myself. And it kind of like, yeah, it just upsets my body. My body's just like, what are you doing? You know, I don't, I don't get the classic like headache and like, Oh, I feel so rough and you know, all this. Um, I, I don't know. It just, um, yeah. It, it, so I, I just don't really do it, but I think now I'm at the point where I'm like, I, I either do it fully or I don't. I'm never going to, I'm never going to quit because I, I don't think you should, you know, deal in absolutes. If you know what I mean, you know, I know that, I know that when my best mates start getting married, I'm going to want to sit and have a glass of whiskey with them the night before, or, you know, things like that. Like I don't, I don't want to miss out on those things. And I still love having a beer and things like that. Um, But it's just, you know, uh, this summer was quite a, the past summer was quite a challenge for me because where I, where I was in Greece, you know, there's the beach bar and everyone after windsurfing, you'll meet at the beach bar and you have a couple of beers. And quite often I'd be like, we're going to have a few drinks. Then we're going to go to town and get a pizza and then we're going to go to bed. So I'm like, what's the point of me having four beers tonight? There's no point. So I started drinking sparkling water and initially people were like, what are you doing? And all this, and within four or five days, it was, just, it was just, <laughs> looking at you funny and stuff. Paul. Yeah, people were like, "What are you doing?" But within a few days, it was completely normal. People were like, "All oh, right," yeah. and actually, other couple of people were like, "Oh, maybe, maybe I won't. Maybe I won't have a, have a drink." To, you know. But then yeah. at the same time, every couple of weeks or every week or you know whatever, they'd be like, "Right, we're we're going out for dinner, and we're going to have a few few beers with dinner, and then we're going to go out." And I'd be like, "Sweet, let's do it." You you yeah. know. And, and uh, I don't know whether that's just a part of getting older, but um, yeah, I just, I just feel like I don't drink as I, I don't casually drink really anymore. Whereas I used to, used to quite a lot. Um, it's nothing yeah. dramatic. I think it's just, I don't know, me just tra- transitioning into a, a different state and we're doing jujitsu as well. Like you can't do that after a few beers. And because yeah. I know I've got training most days. So I'm like, Oh no, I want to be good for that. You know? Yeah. Um, you I don't suppose- want to be feeling anxious and like jumpy. Right. When you kind of, well, yeah, exactly. Get in there. Yeah, and then you've got someone sitting on you trying to trying to effectively kill you. You know, like I don't. That's the last. That's the last thing you you want. I imagine cycling cycling down a cliff. Probably you don't want to be hung over either. Um, yeah, it's difficult. Um, and then and then finally, um, as well as you know, loving the the extreme sports and and I suppose being cool, as most people would say, I'm also uh, an enormous nerd, um, and a very into my TV and my film and, and things like that. I was wondering, is, is that the case for you as well? Are you, are you into that? And if so, what have you been, what have you been watching recently? I suppose you're in isolation, mate. So you must be watching a lot of stuff. So what have you been? Uh, yeah. What, what I mean, it's mostly watching? like, um, I don't know. Um, our son kind of steals Netflix and. Right. That, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. 
end up like watching I don't know whatever cartoon he's he's into at the time. Um, yeah. I don't know. I have been getting into a few few of the documentaries and stuff. Um, like a bit of Cobra Kai. Oh, I must admit, I've been. I watched all of, of that. I watched yeah. all of it while I had COVID. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I watched all of it. It was good. And yeah, just sort of curious to kind of see like, yeah, I thought the first one was pretty good. It's like, is it going to like sort of fade out? So I'm like halfway through, I think, like the new season. Um, oh, no, but yeah, it's, it's good, man. And yeah, stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. And then when we like, when we can sort of get time for, for movies and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. documentaries are sort of always sort of interested and doesn't necessarily like, especially sort of like looking into... I don't know, like not necessarily sports, but just just crazy kind of like um, like if people like sort of adventure style um, docos, th- like things like that. Yeah, what was um, the what was the one about the guy that did the Fourteen Peaks one on Netflix? Yeah, that? Uh, that, that was amazing. That was great, wasn't it? And yeah, yeah. That guy is just a, that, that guy is a beast. <laughs> He is, he is mad. Yeah. He's like yeah. a, he's a Gurkha. He was a Gurkha as well, wasn't he? Like, he's just a straight up savage, that guy. I think Nim, Nim was his name, wasn't it? Yeah. Nim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a cool yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, I like that. That that was awesome. Are you a, are you a reader? What, what uh, do you read? Do you read many books? Um, Not as much as I'd like to be. That's sort yeah. of something where it's kind of, I don't know, just getting sucked into either like reading like just reading online and yeah, yeah. it's difficult yeah, yeah. it's it's tricky um i don't know like it's sort of when you can sneak off you can oh, i'll go for a bath and try and get away like yeah, yeah, get away yeah. from the kid and stuff <laughs> um, but yeah <laughs> so like, yeah yeah i'd like to read more it would be with it. Get away. yeah fair enough um well uh ollie where can um people find everything about rad season um, yeah, so the website is radseason.com and uh, yeah, it's radseason on, on Instagram and Facebook and everywhere else. And yeah, the, the podcast show is the Rad Season Action Sports Podcast yeah. and on Apple and Spotify and all the other, all the other usual places. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Well, um, Ollie, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, thank you very much to all of you listening uh you can find me on instagram as well at the after hours lounge um please give me a follow it's very much appreciated um if you are enjoying the podcast you can also buy me a beer as i say all this talking is thirsty work uh you can buy me a beer via the link in my bio um that's very much appreciated but yeah please leave a rating review uh subscribe all that nonsense on not just my podcast but also ollie's podcast as well um yeah and preferably five stars. I'm still hunting the person that left me a one-star review on Apple Podcasts. You little fucker. I'll find you one day. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll find him. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, thank you to Ollie for coming on. Um, and Thanks yeah, for having me will... on, dude. No, thank you, mate. And we will see you for the next one.